Welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to Let It Out, and I'm Katie, your host. And this week I talked to Christine Nguyen. She is a YouTuber, she makes a great Spotify playlist, and she's a creative. She went to film school, which we'll hear about, and she does a lot of things, and she's a really interesting person and curator. And I loved this conversation so much, and I really think you will too. She's very thoughtful with her answers. I love her style tips and music, and she has maybe one of the best answers on body image ever. I can't wait for you to hear this very earnest, thoughtful conversation, but first, let's do a couple announcements and talk about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you in part by Care-of Vitamins. If you've been listening for a while, you know Care-of, and you probably love Care-of. But as you probably know, vitamins and supplements are one of the best ways to ensure you're getting all of your body's nutritional needs. Even if you're eating really healthy, there might be some things you're missing and taking some impactful supplements can really help. What I love about Care-of is that you go to their website, takecareof.com, and you take this super simple quiz that asks you questions about your lifestyle, your diet, your sleep, your digestion, And from there, it curates for you a custom little package of supplements to make sure you're getting exactly what you need. And what I love about them is that they use only the best ingredients in their vitamins and supplements, plus you actually save money when you get your vitamins through them. And compared to your local health food store, it ends up being cheaper and you don't have to leave your house. They come right to you in this beautiful personalized package. It says your name on it, which I love. Care-of also has great prenatal and natal supplements, and they will customize exactly what stage of pregnancy or post-pregnancy you're in and deliver those right to you. Anyway, I love Care-of, and if you want to try them, I highly suggest it. Go to takecareof.com and use my code Katie, K-A-T-I-E, at checkout for 50% off your first order. That's half off of your first first order if you use the code Katie, K-A-T-I-E, at checkout. Thank you so much, Care-of. I love you guys. And actually, today's guest, Christine, likes them too, which is great. I heard about them and her videos and I was like, oh my gosh, they're a sponsor. It's amazing. We really like Care-of in this family, so check them out. We have another sponsor, but first I just want to thank you guys so much. I've been getting the nicest messages on Instagram lately and meeting so many people at events in New York City and on the street even, and it's just been really cool and nice to connect with people that listen to the podcast. So if you do listen, which apparently you do because you're listening right now, let me know. Maybe tweet it on Twitter, I was going to say on Instagram, and maybe 
post a photo of yourself listening and share it with a friend. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, that would be cool. This wasn't really meant to be a call for reviews. I really just wanted to thank you guys so much. I love doing this show and I do it every week and I I hope I'm not overwhelming you with content and episodes and some of my favorite shows that I listen to go on breaks and have seasons, which I want to do. I just, it's not in the cards right now, but if you don't listen every week, that's fine. If you want to go back and dive into the archives, that's cool too. But you're listening right now, and I'm really grateful. And I just wanted to say that. Okay. Also, this show is brought to you in part by Quarter Lane. If you listened last week, you got to hear a bit about my personal, very personal relationship with Quarter Lane, and specifically the founder, Elizabeth. She is someone I serendipitously connected with years ago, and we've kept in touch. She's going to do the podcast. She's one of the most interesting, kindest people I know. And she started this company, Quarter Lane, which is a quarterly book subscription service, and it brings you the most celebrated books to your doorstep. It's a literary box that speaks to your soul every season, and it elevates the printed book to the luxury status that it's so dearly deserves. There are three types of subscriptions, depending on how often you want your books delivered. And as a member of Quarter Lane, you will receive access to the most anticipated books of the season, exclusive benefits, and special literary perks. And each installment of your seasonal literary connection, you will be invited to embark on a new journey through the narratives of today's most celebrated authors. And Elizabeth has a background in contemporary art. I love this part. So each season, she invites an artist to create a limited edition special print for every single box. So it combines her two passions for literature and visual art. She's amazing, you guys. I love her so much. If you want to get 25% off of a collection or your first subscription, go to quarterlanebooks.com and use the code LETITOUT25. That's LETITOUT25 for 25% off your first Quarterlane Books subscription. Thank you so much, Elizabeth and Quarterlane. Thank you for listening. And now, without further ado, enjoy Christine, or actually, just a tad bit of further ado. I had two more announcements. If you want to check out previous podcast guests, Robin Euclid of Your Healthiest You, her registration for her program that I love, that my mom did, it's really great. It's open tomorrow, so check that out. And if you listened last week, you heard all about how I published my book. My publisher, Hay House, is amazing. They were the dream publisher I wanted to work with for this book. And they have a series right now with the CEO, Reed Tracy. It's called Becoming a Successful Author Online Masterclass. And there are free videos that you don't have to pay for at all that give you tips to become a published author. And the details will be in the show notes. And the cart closes on that today. So if you did want to try it, then you got to get it today, you guys. And my book, the ebook of my book, for just a couple more weeks till the end of October is actually $199. And I know a lot of you were confused about that when I was saying my book was $199. The actual book book isn't like at Barnes and Noble and, you know, on Amazon, the book, the physical book is still the normal price. That's over $10. It's like, I think it's like $12 something on Amazon and a little bit more expensive at Barnes and Noble or wherever else you buy books. But support the, the actual paper book. I think 
that would be really cool. So go to your bookstore and buy it and let me know, take a photo with the book, but also if you wanna get the ebook or send the ebook to someone else, this is the time to do it because it's only $1.99. So maybe get both because it's really cheap right now. Okay, now finally, here's Christine. Love you guys, talk to you after, bye. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I've been watching your videos for a while now and I was trying to think today, I can't even remember how I found you, but I think today I like spent the day with you. It was lovely as I was like making my notes for this interview and I watched a lot of your old videos and some that I've even seen before and I was like, oh yeah, I loved this one and I was trying to remember how I originally found you. And <laughs> I think it was through Este in Asland when you did oh, the video nice. with him. And so I think I just was like, oh, that girl's so cool. And then I started watching your, your videos. So it was nice that I kind of let myself binge on your content today, which was lovely. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, but anyway, you're you're great, and I feel like we have so many similar tastes, and you're such a curator for me through your videos and your your vlogs and your favorites videos and your style and your skincare and your music and your media are always things that I'm like, oh, I love that too, or something new that I know I will probably love because we have similar tastes, I feel. So I'm really excited to talk to you. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we get into your story and zoom the lens back and talk about your past and future, I've been really liking starting this podcast in the present. So Mm -hmm. what have you been pondering or learning or realizing lately, like in the past week or months, but super recently, even in the, even today? Okay. Well, uh, so about three months ago, I'm going to start back three months ago. I, um, experienced a major life change. I've been dating this person for about six years. We broke up. So I, I realized I needed to make some changes in my life. I booked a boatload of flights just all over the U S and, um, I had it in my head that I wanted to cross off all 50 States by the end of this year. Um, it wasn't until maybe a week ago when I realized that, you know, when you, when you plan all these trips, you don't really like, everything's kind of a blur. So you don't really enjoy every city for what it is. You kind of just go, go, go. Um, yeah. So I guess just recently I, I realized that, you know, vacation and traveling is important, but also planning things out. And, you know, if you, if you plan something and you, um, and you give yourself something to look forward to rather than just, you know, kind of um, go through the life mindlessly in a sense. Yeah. So, yeah. I relate to that a lot. I think I have come to terms recently as I've gotten older. I think we're around the same age. I'm 27. And I... Mm-hmm. Found, I'm 29. Okay. Mm-hmm. I found out that I, I would always say that I'm this, like, free spirit, spur of the moment type person. And then I realized that I... I just am kind of embracing the fact that I like planning because I like having things to look forward to. And yeah, it's, that's it's so important. Yeah. It's, it's, I thought it was cool to be the other way. So I was mm-hmm. forcing myself and now I'm just kind of come to terms with the fact of this is how I am and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like you kind of, uh, you enjoy it more totally. in a way because because you, you, you know, kind of hype yourself up for that moment. Yeah. So are you kind of reevaluating 
the 50 states in a year and thinking maybe taking it slower and really planning and enjoying the travel that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I kind of went crazy the first, like, uh, I mean, like three three months ago, I just bought as many flights as I can yeah. possibly think of. And then try to, I, I kind of tried to um, go to places that are in close proximity to like a different state so I can check them, check those all off too. Yeah. And now that I think back at it, I'm like, well, the last three months have been a blur, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like everything's kind of like, there's no, um, concrete moments where I'm like, oh yeah, that happened. Yeah. And you want to be able to kind of slow it down and enjoy it and even space out the trips maybe. Yeah. Will help you absolutely. be able to. Yeah, it's totally understandable, though. After going through a breakup, I feel like I would have done the same thing of just wanting to shake things up and move as quickly as possible. Yeah, totally. How have you, and we don't have to talk about this for long, or we we can or we cannot, but how have you been handling mentally and your stress and just the, I know when you, I saw when you posted about your breakup, I just like felt feelings for you so deeply because I'd been through a similar breakup a couple of years ago and I just know how jarring it can be when your life is so intertwined with someone and yeah. having to, you know, figure that out. How have you been taking care of yourself and doing your self-care other than travel through that? Um, hmm. You know what? I haven't really thought this through. <laughs> so um, I guess, well, I think the first thing I thought was, okay, well, I just need to remove myself from the situation and travel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I realized that, you know, you need to talk to people about it. You need to write about it. So I have been writing every day how I feel and all that. Um, I don't post it anywhere, you know, it's just for me to see. Yeah. But, um, I think talking to my friends about it and spending more time with my time with my friends and, and family. I, I think that's been helping a lot too. I feel like the relationships that I have with my friends are a lot more strong now. Mm. And, um, even with, um, even with my ex too, we we're trying to stay friends. So it's been a lot better now because at, at first it felt like a death, you know, yeah. I felt like I would never see this guy ever again. Yeah. And, but the point is that, you know, when you spend, such a huge amount of time with someone um they they are your best friend you know they're they're a part of you and to take them away so abruptly that's I don't know it just didn't seem natural to me and I think now that we're trying to be friends it's it's a lot better because that's how we started it as well yeah Uh, yeah sounds like you're really self-aware and in a really good spot yeah, I'm really happy now, which is, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, a, like two months ago or even like a month ago, I would, I mean, I didn't feel so comfortable doing things on my own. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and now I do. Mm-hmm. Now I can like go out and eat by myself and stuff and not feel like a loser, you know, yeah. which is not the case at all. It's totally not the case. It's like cool to be independent. And I think, I think that's great. It's just not how I felt at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it, like I said, it's jarring because it's new and it's different. Oh yeah, and getting used to that is where the challenges. I think. Mm-hmm. I it's interesting that you wrote about or you mentioned writing and you mentioned that being 
cathartic for you. And one of the questions that I ask everyone towards the end is about journaling, because I don't know if I told you this when I was emailing you, but I had a book come out in 2016 and it's all about journaling. So Mm. it's 55, I'll have to send you a copy, but it's 55 journaling exercises, journaling prompts. And funnily enough, I wrote the book right after I had gone through that breakup I was telling you about. And anyway, so I always ask everyone, the book is called Let It Out and so is the podcast. And Mm -hmm. I ask everyone who comes on the show, whoever it is, their relationship to journaling and writing and if they've ever been a journaler or how they use it in their life and if it ever gives them relief or catharsis. So will you talk Mm -hmm. about your writing processes that you have and kind of when you do it and what it's like for you? Yeah. So it's funny because when I was uh, a kid, for as long as I can remember, I've always kept a journal Mm. up until I was 18, I would say. That's when I started YouTube. As soon as I started YouTube, that became my journal. And then I just kind of stopped writing. Um, And then I'd write short stories here and there. And then I guess immediately after the breakup, I I Googled um, ways to cope with a breakup, you know? Yeah. And um, one of the things that they said, besides talking about it, is to write about it, write how you feel um, day by day, even if it's just a sentence, even if it's just a freaking, I don't know, emoji or whatever, you know, yeah. write, write about it. Right. So, uh, I, I just do it on my computer now. I don't even hand write it down. Like I used to when I journaled back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I don't read back on it. I haven't read back on it, but I know that in the future, you know, when I, I do read back on my entries, it's going to be, it's going to be like, what? That's not such a big deal, you know? It's not right. the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to not write, I say this in the book, but to not be precious about what you're writing in the sense of, of course, for writing it for yourself and not for anyone else is kind of crucial to this type of writing being mm-hmm. really raw and unfiltered because I say also that, you know, I found for myself, I was in therapy and I even with safe people like close friends and family and even my therapist, I was trying to hide a bit. I was trying to wear masks and I was Mm -hmm. filtering what I was saying because on some level I want to be liked. And with my journal, it was the first time that I could really be raw and unfiltered and real. And even for... And not grammatically correct Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And even for my future self, like even taking the pressure off of like, sometimes I just like delete it right after I write it or like rip it up after I write it. And sometimes that Mm -hmm. can be even, you know, that can be cathartic too. But I, I last week, this past weekend, I stumbled upon, I have a big document on my computer of, you know, just like writing. And I stumbled upon that exact date, the whatever, August, whatever it was, in 2013 and I read back Mm -hmm. just like you said and I looked through what I had written like that was such a huge deal then and I've grown so much in the past few years and it was it's sometimes very cool to see the growth that we've had in a relatively short amount of time Mm -hmm. yeah totally about it okay so I want to go back to kind of when you were a kid and get into you know you and starting YouTube and and getting into film and photography and all the things you do now. So Mm -hmm. you grew up in California, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Southern California in Orange County, which is like the suburbs. Okay. 
Cool. Yeah. And I know from your blogs that you are a middle child, right? And you have lots of brothers and sisters. How many do you have? Yeah, I have a middle child of five in my immediate family. I have two older sisters, one younger sister, and then one younger brother. And then I have three half-sisters. Oh, wow. So big family. So do you feel like you... Yeah. Do you feel like being a middle child is a defining characteristic of your personality in any way? You know, I don't think it is at all. No? (laughs) I I think once you get past three kids um yeah it the the tensions divide relatively evenly you know yeah unless you're the only boy or something yeah but um yeah I don't think so at all because the middle child is normally um the troublemaker yeah like knock them in the middle oh yeah I guess when I asked that question I actually have no stereotypes of what a middle child is and I was just kind of curious if because I'm an only child so I have no Having brothers and sisters is so foreign to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what? I will say, though, as a middle child, like, there's a stereotype there's, that they're always forgotten. It, it, that's a good or bad thing. I mean, that's a good and bad thing because you get, a, you get away with a lot. Um, yeah. So, so that's great. <laughs> but then I, I have Asian parents, so they, they pay attention to your, you know, your schooling and everything like very carefully. So I feel like no matter what, we always had extra attention. Yeah. So you said you started YouTube at 18. I didn't know that you were so young. Did you, did your parents and your brothers and sisters know about that when you were getting started? How, what made you start on YouTube? Um, well, okay. So I, when I was 18, I was taking, um, classes at a junior college on film yeah, so I would just shoot, you know, projects. Like, actually, it's much like what I have up now, like a brief conversation where there are short interviews with my friends or people that I um, that I look up to. Mm-hmm. It was a lot like that. And I would film short interviews and then post them onto a separate account. Um, and that was for my class. And then when I was 19, I um, started my own YouTube channel because I, I, I've always loved makeup and skincare. No, just makeup in general, actually. I've always loved makeup. So then I um, started a channel because I realized that, like, a lot of um, the videos that I was watching, it it didn't really relate to people like me because I I don't wear that much makeup. Although I love makeup, I just don't, like, slap on a ton. So I wanted to make things or make um, videos about things that I can relate to, that people who are like me can relate to. So then it started off there when I was like 19 and then uh no one knew about it no one in my family knew about it I was kind of embarrassed by it um to be honest I never told any of my friends even until three years ago wow maybe two years ago because a lot of people just didn't know yeah that's so funny so you this is the same YouTube channel that I've been watching. There's videos uh-huh. on there since you were 18. Are they still up there? Did you delete some of them? Um no, all of my videos are deleted. Um the current channel is from when I was 19, so it's just a year after film school. Um yeah. That's- Never t- told anyone about it until they found out about it. That's so funny. What was their <laughs> reaction when they found out? Um, well, okay. So my, my parents found out 
because um, I had a video on tattoos and they didn't know I had tattoos, even though, even though I would wash my like dishes next to my mom every single weekend on Sundays when we had family dinner, I had my tattoos like open and out, you know, and they had no idea. And I guess my cousin, my cousin was watching and I didn't know that he watched my channel at all. And he, he told someone and then my parents watched the video and they're like, oh my gosh. So it was a kind of a negative thing. They're like, what? You're making, you're making videos about tattoos, like telling people to get tattoos. I'm like, no, in the video, nowhere in the video do I tell people to get tattoos. That wasn't the point. It was like the, the care and how to, um, keep tattoos clean and that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. So my parents were kind of against it at first. Have but they, I was, you know, have they since, you know, come around and are they excited about all the content you make now? Do they watch? Uh, no, they don't watch. Um, I, I don't think they're YouTube people. Yeah. Like, I don't think, um, yeah, it's not that they're not supportive. Like they asked me about it and how it's going and stuff, but I just don't think that they, they, they care about beauty or, you know, yeah, like yeah, totally. and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's similar to my family and my mom in particular. Like, she's supportive of the podcast, but she doesn't really know what they are and have any interest in listening, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Actually great. <laughs> yeah, totally. So you went to film school. How did you uh-huh. decide that that was what you wanted to study? Have you always been interested in, in film? Um, no. So I, I went to a junior college first and I, I really didn't know what I wanted to study when I was younger. And I did take some film classes when I was in high school and I did really well in them, but I just, I didn't really think that it was a way to move forward. Um, I took a film, an introduction to film class when I was in col- in junior college. And that just, yeah, that changed everything for me because the professor was like so excited about film. Mm. Um, I'm I'm sure he convinced a lot of people to um, to major in film too. It's, it's pretty funny, but I always thought that film was you know like blockbuster hits and stuff like yeah. that. He showed me like the artsy fartsy um, film festival films, you yeah, know, yeah, very like cool. student films that that kind of thing. So that's what got me into it. He opened your eyes. It's so great when there's a... That's exactly what professors are supposed to do and what school is supposed to do. And unfortunately, I feel like rarely does in many cases. But someone who's so excited about a topic and can inspire people to see something they haven't seen before. Yeah. He he actually wrote his own textbook that was a workbook as well. Oh, cool. So you you can interact with it. And it was super cheap because you know how textbooks are so expensive. Right. and um, there's all these graphics, and I still have it, actually, because it's such a cool textbook, and there's yeah. so much information in there. But, yeah, it, it got me really excited about film, like Are that aspect of film. Are you in touch with him? No, I'm not. I don't think he's at that college anymore, either. I should find him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So when you were studying film, did you think that you wanted to be a director? A, like, what did you oh, want? Oh, Editing. Editing, that was your specialty? Yeah, that was my thing, yeah. You're so good at editing your videos, is that, did it really, did you, were you able to kind of bring that to your YouTube channel when you were in film school? Did you have more ideas of 
growth of your channel at that point? Um, hmm. You know what? Cause when I was, when I was in school, I was mostly doing, when it came to my channel, I was mostly doing, um, videos on makeup mm-hmm. and not, not like short stories or, um, vlogs, like even. well, yeah. Or vlogs or like, it, it wasn't anything that, um, like in school we had projects. Um, and yeah, it, it just didn't make sense to put it or, um, to kind of make a YouTube video about me, uh, about makeup around it. Now it does. I mean, like a lot of, there's a lot of storytelling now when it comes to beauty videos on YouTube, but back then it just didn't make sense to me. So I just really didn't. So it was really separate to you. Yeah. It was totally separate for me. When did your channel start to evolve and you started to diversify the videos that you were creating? Um, I've always done it before. So just as long as I I can remember, like when I, um, yeah, I always had my friends on there, but I guess it just didn't have a lot of good feedback until recently, maybe because the topics are better, but it's always been the same general ideas, conversations with people. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. You mentioned that you do a lot of collaborations with people and people that sometimes are your friends and sometimes you don't know and that you admire, Mm -hmm. what is, do you ever feel nervous reaching out to people or, you know, what is that experience like for you connecting with people that you want to work with? Um, for, for the most part, I only reach out to people who I know very well or people that know people that I know very well. So it's never a complete stranger that I've met for the first time, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So it's, so it's a lot more easy. Yeah. It's kind Um, of the opposite of what I do with this podcast. Like when I reach out to you. (laughs) Yeah. I would be so nervous. Yeah. In in that case, yeah, I would just be so nervous. I I um, am. I'm always a little bit nervous, especially with with you in particular, because I like your videos so much that I was kind of like, oh man, it would be such a bummer if she was mean or like, if I talk to you and you're not, you're lovely and this is a delight, but I'm always a little bit like that, you know, don't meet your idols. Like I don't want to ruin, you know, people's, a book that was meaningful to me or a movie Uh, or a YouTube channel. Like if I did talk to them and they were not very nice, that would be such a bummer. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, I totally get it. I think that's the same with me too. So there, there are so many people that I would like to put on my channel, but I'm scared shitless asking them. Yeah, you know? I feel like you should just do it. I feel like you should. Yeah. Just send the cold email. <laughs> yeah. Nothing bad can happen. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Th- that is true. Or when you meet them and then something bad happens, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hopefully not. It's never happened for me. Knock on wood, but. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that gives me more confidence then yeah. to like okay, reach good. out to people. Good. I'm, I'll be looking for a unknown <laughs> person on your channel soon. So another Sorry. thing that I, um, love about your work is really, you have such a great aesthetic and design sensibility and, you know, your, both your like fashion style and your graphic design and home decor style are really just great. And I, you've showcased so many great other people's styles on your channel. 
through your apartment tours and other things that you do, has your aesthetic developed over time and where do you think it comes from? It's absolutely developed over time. And I think it all comes from the people that I hang, you know how they say like the five, Mm, like if you mm -hmm. take five monkeys or five chimps, you put them together and then you introduce another chimp. Um, the, the, the odd chimp would mimic the moves of the five chimps. I feel like I'm exactly that way. Like, I'm the result of all my friends and all the people that I know. I love that. Yeah. It's like the, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with or something. Yeah, absolutely. So how have you developed friendships? I feel like you have such a strong community and through your blogs and friendships are these people that you met in school. Like how do you connect with people and make new friends? I think, um, most of my friends are from, when I used to work, uh, or just from working, uh, yeah, just like customers who come in, I used to work in retail. So customers who come in and, um, shop people from like different stores or like people that I've worked with, I don't have any friends or like good friends from college anymore or from high school. So you kind of met your friends more as an adult through work. Cool. Yeah. As an adult through work. Yeah. That's such a challenge as a as a freelancer or someone who works from home to yeah. meet people uh-huh. that you want to be close with. Yeah, totally. It's it's. I've been doing this for about a year. I feel like I haven't met. I haven't really met anyone. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's you know what it is. I think it's just the repetitive nature of coming into a place, mm-hmm. working. You know, day after day. Sometimes like when you see someone like once a week or twice a week. But if you see them on a consistent schedule, that's how you develop friendships, yeah? Yeah, that's such a good point that I never really thought of it that way. Like, I might meet someone really cool that I meet at a co-working space or whatever, and I have an interaction with them, but Mm -hmm. nothing is cemented as a friendship. It's kind of like, you know, when you were in high school or something and you would make friends in a class that you would have never made just because you had to see them every single day at a certain time. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting how that, how that happens and how, I guess there's not really a solution for it necessarily. Not that it's terrible, but. Yeah, no, I think it's like, I don't know if you join like a community thing, like if you go to the same restaurant every day or the same coffee shop every day, that's a good way to make friends. Not necessarily. um, I mean, you just have to get out there really. Yeah. And they kind of repeat the same routine. It's kind of like dating, I guess. It's like saying yes to things and... I can't even think about that right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, it's it's much like dating, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to go back to YouTube briefly. When Mm -hmm. you were starting YouTube, were you ever discouraged or inspired by certain people and you know what would you say to yourself when you were first starting or someone else you know starting out with YouTube um you know I was never discouraged because I never took it too seriously I feel like oftentimes um when someone's starting out they want to come up with the perfect content you know just like the perfect video amazing edit like everything has to be spot on. And when, 
even like videos nowadays, like even the, the videos that I post nowadays, I'm not like always like, Oh my God, this is, ha- this has to be perfect. This has to be spot on. Um, I have to be completely proud of this, which is kind of funny to say, cause I mean, a lot of perfectionists, they, they, they do very well, you know, but then also if you like content in general is better than no content in my right. opinion. So if you just do your best and put it out there, um, just putting it out there in general it will um, will help you move forward, you know, to make oh, the yeah. next one even better. So I was never discouraged. I just because I never took it too seriously. But if it's something that I took seriously, then you know, um, I think it's just like any art. Like if you if you paint something, and you just never finish it. Then oftentimes you're just discouraged to continue. Yeah, it's yeah. like that saying it done is better than perfect or whatever I feel Mm -hmm. like what you're saying I relate to so much with the podcast and anything I've ever put out there I I say this all the time like any small amount of success I've had is because of my ability to just be like f it let's go let's just put it out there it's not going to be perfect but Mm -hmm. I just want to do it and I'm I want to share it and I think that that is actually really valuable yeah I, I think consistency as well. Like yeah. if you, um, I mean, I'm not very consistent, but if you were to start a channel or start something, I think having a schedule, like let's say you post on Thursdays at nine or something like that, um, just make sure that you stick to it, you know, or plan your schedule accordingly so that it comes out at the same time. Yeah, even for yourself to like kind of hold mm-hmm. yourself, keep yourself accountable. organized. Yeah, and accountable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about with like vlogging in particular? I'm always curious, like, how do you both remember to do it and then not feel awkward sometimes doing it when you're just like around your friends and, and stay present and enjoy the moment while also sharing it? Because I find that, you know, in the, the small form of if you want to call it vlogging that I do, which is just Instagram stories and Snapchat of like, I really enjoy doing it. And I actually don't think it takes me out of the present moment because I actually like to extend the moment so I can share it with other people and watch it later. You know what I mean? So yeah, totally. How do you balance that or or kind of what advice do you have with that? I think, um, you know what? I think if you just do it on your phone, start with your phone. Just like, you know, when you do the Instagram stories, if you just record on your phone, um, anything that you find funny, anything that you find um, interesting, just record it and then um, put it together. I mean, it's just important to have a camera or like, not not a camera, like just your phone even, um, just something to record the moment because once... Like if you pull out the perfect camera and then record the video and you miss the moment, there's really nothing there. So it's better just to capture the moment. So even if it's shitty quality, um, it's better than not having anything at all, in my opinion. So I'll capture everything, um, even if it's just on my phone, and then uh, I'll put it together. And if it's in a story that makes sense, like on a blog when I'm editing, if it makes sense, then I'll put it there. If it doesn't, then I'll remove it. Um but, but like you said, just don't be so precious with it, you know? Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be beautiful, you know? Yeah. Do you ever feel 
awkward or like like you want to share something and you want to or you want to film something not necessarily even share it but Mm -hmm. you're around people and do you ever have that like you know that back and forth with yourself of should I just not tape this or should I pull out the camera like how do you kind of get yourself to kind of push pack push past that awkwardness and and get the footage that you want to get Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I don't think I've ever been embarrassed of um, pulling out a camera uh, or to document things. I've always been someone with like a camera in my hands, you know? Cool. Yeah. So I, I really don't know how to tell someone to have that. be more confident. Yeah. yeah, to have that. Well, maybe I mean, it's about it's, repetition, too. Yeah, I think I've just been doing it for so long that, you know, like when you first hear your voice, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, do I really sound like that? But, you know, if you do it, just like repetition, if you do it so many times, you get used to it. Yeah, exactly. So, like when I would first edit this podcast, I would cringe, but now I'm just like, well, that's just how I sound. <laughs> yeah, and you get over it and you yeah. move forward from that. I don't know. Even on Instagram stories, though, I can't really record myself talking. I don't know. I think it just takes practice. Yeah. And not being embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. I want you to talk more. I like hearing you talk. <laughs> oh, thanks. I I'll w- save that for videos, but like, um, when it comes to like stories, I don't know why <laughs> it's tough. Maybe cause they're more, you know, they're even less precious and there's even less editing and it's even more in the moment. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's that very instant moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of capturing the moment in in general, you love photography. How did you get into that? You know, I've always had a film camera. I've always, like, developed uh, photos. Like, ever since, I think it started, like, in late high school, early college. So, I mean, I don't think that I'm a photographer by any means. Uh, I just kind of take pictures of my friends and take pictures of, things that I find interesting, but it's not, you know, uh, God, what do you call it? It's not composed beautifully. I've never had a phot- photography class. Um, but when it comes to product shots, like econ photography, um, I, I've worked in econ for so long and I've learned things from different photographers. So th- that I can do like product shots, that's totally different. But when it comes to creative photography, like landscapes or portraits and stuff, I'm, I'm still practicing. It's kind of nice to have something that is a hobby that isn't something you're monetizing directly or is just something you can enjoy for the fun of it. Yeah, totally. What do you yeah. what do you love about film photography? I think it's just Ooh, that's tough. I think it's just the suspense, you know? Yeah, oh, it's the best. Yeah, because if you really think about it, there are so many um, presets that you can buy off of Visco or like um, different apps that you can take a photo and then readjust it. People, I mean, especially even like on my phone, I'll I'll just go shutter crazy. I'll take so many photos, mm-hmm. but when it comes to a film photo, like with film photography, it's I just it's so much more thought out. Like, there's so much more intention behind a, a photograph, you know? Yeah. So maybe that's why. And it's the anticipation waiting around for it to be developed and all yeah. that. Yeah, it's so exciting. What, uh, yeah, I think it's exciting. 
Yeah. And for some reason, it just looks better to me. Maybe it's because I've been waiting so long for a photo to come out. Yeah. It's like a, a home-cooked yeah. meal versus, like, you know, something that you just bought pre-prepared. It's always yeah. a little bit, always tastes a little bit better. Yeah, totally. So you mentioned that you worked in retail and also with e-com. Do you, mm-hmm. Are you completely a freelancer now? Is YouTube, like, your full-time thing? Uh, YouTube isn't my full-time thing. Um, I, I'm a freelancer, though, so it's one of the things that I do. But for the most part, I do creative content, so email blasts. You know, those, like, email notifications yeah. that you get from, like, different stores that you mm-hmm. bought from in the past. I do those. Okay. Um, so I design those. I'll build product pages for websites, like online stores, write copy, that kind of thing. How do you balance all the different projects that you have at one time? What are some of your organization techniques as a freelancer? Ooh, so I used to always carry a, a notebook, like a Moleskin weekly mm-hmm. planner notebook. I stopped doing that about two years ago because I got a new phone. And so I started using the calendar on my phone, and that actually really helps because it it messages you right before you have to do something. I use the calendar and the reminders the most. I'm never late to anything. I take a lot of notes. As soon as something is scheduled, I'll put it down in my calendar right away. I mean, that's the most important part. Sometimes yeah. sometimes I forget um, my notebook at home or like my planner at home. So, I mean, when that happens, you're just, you're done for, you know, but with right. the calendar. It's always with, with you. The ca- it's always with you because you always have your phone. Or if you forget your phone at home, you can always log into someone's computer and it's on your Gmail account. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you always have your schedule on you. Anything else about discipline and being your own boss and all these different settings and how you motivate yourself? Girl, girl I'm not my own boss. Just because I freelance, I'm not my own boss. I. Um, it's funny because I think that's a misconception. People think that freelancers are their own boss and you make your own schedule and all that. But I actually have a million bosses now. Yeah, that's I have true. a million people I answer to. I think with that, I think you, with, with discipline, you know, it's just a routine. You right. get up every day, get dressed, which is the most important part. Because when, when I first started freelancing, I just answered all my emails in my pajamas in bed. And that's terrible. It's best if you, you know, do the same routine that you normally do. So wake up, get, you know, showered, get dressed, do your makeup, go get coffee, leave the house, go get coffee, and then go back to your desk. Not in your room, not in your bed. I feel like that's, that's the best way to be the most productive. Yeah, I found that too. Like, I have to leave the house go to a workout class, go on a walk or something, and then put real yeah. clothes on that aren't yoga clothes, that aren't my pajamas, and then my my apartment looks like a whole new space. It looks like I'm in, a, it for some reason, it's like I'm into work mode. It changes yeah, everything. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I want to go back to, speaking of getting dressed, I want to go back to your style and your aesthetic. What are a couple off the top of your head style tips right now or even I don't want to say trends but just things you're liking or pieces that you have right now that you're enjoying or anything that comes to mind right now style-wise? Since I've been on the go so much um, I found that dresses longer dresses mid-length like calf-length dresses Mm -hmm. and jumpsuits are amazing. They're like a whole outfit in one. Yeah. Yeah. I've been wearing those a lot. Yeah. 
less to think about, less to match to. Yeah. You don't need a top and a bottom to match to. And because I've gotten older, my weight's like kind of shifting. So I've been wearing a lot of jumpsuits and dresses because I just don't know my pants size anymore. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's hard to buy jeans because it's just fluctuating so much. Um, and jeans and pants, anything that's, you know, buttoned at the waist, jumpsuits and dresses for the most part right now, maybe it'll change during the winter. I'll introduce jeans back in, but just, you know, things that in colors that match neutral tones always match. So I always just end up with the same thing. Do you have any brands right now that you're loving or accessories that you're loving or anything that is something that you want to recommend? I, I wear a lot of Jesse cam pants right now. Not so much, but I, I do own a few. I love and everything her. Yeah, she's great. So she's great. uh yeah, um just very classic yeah. wide leg pants. Super flattering. So, you so I love me, that. You turned me on to her. Thank you. Yeah, expensive as fuck, but yeah. worth it. Yeah, also totally worth not it. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> also Thank you so much for burning my whole up. Yeah, exactly. I, I love her stuff. And I think it's perfect for California because her the weight is so much lighter too. So it's not like a heavy denim. When it comes to tops and jackets and stuff, I've been thrifting a lot. You're so good at it, I feel. I just, I love thrifting. Has, have you thrill. always been a thrifter? Have you always been good at having good finds there? Because it's always so hit or miss for me. It's no, it's hit or miss. I just go so often. So, see, so end up, I mean, if, when you go a lot, you end up yeah. finding more, you know? Yeah, I um, guess it's like the theme of this podcast consistency. And I think I just give up. So it's more miss than hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are, it's, it's sometimes better not to, to leave with something that you love rather than, you know, a bunch of things that you just like, you know? Yeah, totally. And I think um, just like having a minimal, wardrobe and style in general I'm very picky on what I want to take home that's true and you're in New York so you have a lot more um, weather options too yeah you have and four a lot seasons. less space <laughs> yeah and a lot less space so you really have to be smart with your, your wardrobe yeah yeah I I envy the one season though I would love that I'm a wimp for the cold Oh, really? Yeah. No, Have funny. you ever lived in the, a different place in California? Not really, no. So you're not used I've, to cold? No, I, I love cold. I can deal with cold. I'm not I'm not a wimp when it comes to that. But I, for whatever reason, during the summer, though, I especially in California, it gets so hot. And I'm, what do they call it? Like, you know, when you get seasonal depression? Yeah. For me, it's the opposite. When it's hot, I'm miserable and I can't do anything and I can't concentrate. I can't get any work done. I don't want to eat. It's just bad. That's so funny. Yeah, we really are opposite there. We should do. We yeah. should do like that. The movie, The Holiday. <laughs> Did you ever yeah. see that movie? Yeah, with Jack Black and Cameron Diaz. And- yeah, we should switch places because I love the heat. I feel like my best when it's super, super hot, and when it's even slightly cold, I start to become a win. No way. Yeah. You know I, like, I don't want to leave. I would love to do that. We should totally do that. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Going back to design and, and style, I remember seeing a long time ago in one of your vlogs, and I remember relating to this and loving this, that you were going to 
open houses on the weekends and you liked doing that? Is that something that you still do? And have you always, have you always been attracted to like seeing inside homes and apartment tours? How did you get into that? Oh, um, the apartment tour thing. I, I've always been kind of like a snoop, you know, like, yeah, same. I just freaking MTV Cribs. That was yeah, my jam. I know, I know. That's and why your I, apartment tours are that for me now, except way better and more oh, relatable. <laughs> more like a table, right? Yeah. Hopefully. Yes. I, I love that stuff. I love looking into people's like bags and purses and seeing what they carry. I love yeah. like snooping. I love yeah. going to someone's bathroom and just opening up their medicine cabinet, just peeking through just to see what they use. I do that too. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been that way. So, I mean, even as a kid, you know? So I, I think that's why I, I film these things. Yeah. What has the reaction been to the apartment tours from not only the people viewing them, but the people doing them? I feel like I would be so grateful to have someone document my space if if I really loved my space, you know? Yeah, I think... Sometimes, though, it takes a lot of convincing because if I'll go over to a friend's house, it's such a personal thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it'll take multiple tries for them to be like, okay, fine, I'll I'll, I'll let you do this or I'll I'll film this. But the way I approach it is I I tell people, hey, I really like your space. It's usually people that I know very well. I'm like, I really like your space. I think that you should document this because you're going to move pretty soon and you want to remember this moment, you know? Yeah. So I I approach it that way. (laughs) That's great. And they, and they have a, you know, a film, a real filmmaker, someone who's really great at this. I mean, I, I was telling you before I moved somewhat recently and I did the same Mm -hmm. thing. I was like walking around my apartment, just taking photos of you know, to remember the plants that I had. And I went and I was really like kind of getting rid of everything I owned and, and totally starting over. So I really wanted to remember it all. But I think it's like a natural thing for us to want to document a place we spent so much time in. So that's a great way to approach it. And it's even better when it's actually someone who can cut it together in a beautiful way and not just, you know, on my iPhone. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah, but I have, I've, I have had people turn it down. So I, I get it. You know, it's a personal space. You don't want yeah. to know what your your life is like and all that stuff. But, but for me, I, I don't know. I think it's cool. And I think there's always like things that people don't see as well. You know, yeah. people don't know all about you just from looking at your apartment. Yeah, totally. Another thing that I love and you always recommend such great things is in music I would love to know what you're listening to right now and what inspires you musically and have you has your taste evolved have you always been into music yeah I've always loved music um and yeah of course it evolves there you know like when you were a kid for me when I was a kid I loved uh emo again I think um when it comes to influences for for music it's for my friends it's always like it's something that my friends are listening to and then they share it with me and then I'll listen to it and then I'll listen to related artists and that's what that's how I find new music. Currently, I just actually found this out a couple days ago because my friend Lauren introduced me to it, but there's this band that I really love called Bad Bad Not Good. They're like an instrumental band and they made a playlist. It's like a summer playlist. Um 
and it's on Spotify. Oh, cool. So I've, yes, yeah, so I've been listening to that playlist and it's just stuff that they're inspired by, you know, or they, that they love. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah. I've been kind of in like a music slump of sorts. Yeah. I'm excited for this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely look that up because it's so good. I've, I've shared it with all my friends. And see, like when, when I share it, they, they introduce new music back. So it's like a, a, a whole cycle. Yeah, yeah, totally. I remember when we were in high school and I guess maybe above that too, It before Spotify, it was sharing CDs and I loved that. I yeah. love to get a new CD from my friends and then I would like go through and obsessively like name all the songs in my iTunes and it was just like such a beautiful process of that was how I discovered what a lot of the music I like now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Same here. Okay, so those are kind of all of the stalkerish questions that I wanted to ask you from your work <laughs> and I have to now ask you the things I ask everyone. Okay. This is something I've been really curious about lately and just in general how do you define feminism and act your feminism in your life i think you just have to have respect in yourself and respect in other people in general like whether it be a boy or a girl you know yeah like say for instance if you're going out on a date you know how there's a stereotype like guys are supposed to pay for everything when i first meet or when I first start dating anyone, I always make sure that they know that I can support myself, you know? Yeah. I'm a grown-ass woman. I can support myself. So I, I'll pay for my own drinks or I'll, like, get them around the drinks, you know? I can... And I think it's always been a thing in my family, too, because the, the women in my family are usually the, the breadwinners, you know? So I think it's always been a thing. And I'm surrounded by so many women, too, like all my sisters, all my half sisters and like all my aunts, it's it, in my family. It's mostly women, so you you have to be strong and to support other women. You just don't talk shit. Remember my friend Caitlin and I were talking about that. She's like, you know what? I just realized like you never talk shit. And then her boyfriend pointed out that we neither one of us ever talk shit on other women, and I think that's it, it's so sad. But I. I hear it so often everywhere else where, where where people just talk down on other people. And it's just, how are you supposed to grow if you're always talking down on other people, you know? And especially women towards other women. It just sucks. But I think just growing up with so many women, you learn not to do that. Mm, yeah. You learn to respect women when you grow up with or when you're raised by so many women. I don't know if that's true, but I think that's the case for me and the people in my family and the people that I know. Mm, yeah, I love that. And it's so true. I mean, I also feel like I don't do that because you never, no one ever feels good after a conversation of talking bad about anyone, you know, male or yeah. female or whatever. And yeah. I relate so much. I was also, I always joke that I was raised on like an adult farm of all women and yeah. I want, I never really <laughs> thought of it that way about, I'm very much like, I'd rather be the one to pick up the bill when I'm with anyone, just because I like treating people and I like to, yeah. it just makes me feel nice to, to treat my friends or whoever they are. And I wonder if that does come from being around so many really independent women and being, I was always around, you know, them trying to be the one to pick yeah. up the, the bill. And mm -hmm. it's interesting. I've never, that made me, I saw myself reflected in, in what you said there. That's 
That's a really interesting answer that I haven't really heard before. Uh, but I don't think it's just financially being like um, feminism isn't to me like being financially responsible either. It's also like having respect for yourself and other people. Like you don't talk down to yourself. You're not like looking in the mirror and saying that you're fat or dumb or, you know, yeah, t- talking down to yourself in, in general. Yeah, I think when you have respect for yourself, y- you just end up respecting other people as well, and you don't talk down on other people. Yes, preach. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, preach. It's perfect for the next thing I always talk about on this podcast is body image, and I think. As women, it's something that we all deal with and just people in general. Yeah. And a lot of people listen to this podcast because it, it kind of started off in my recovery from an eating disorder when I started this podcast. So I like to ask people about their relationship with their bodies and, and body image. So mm-hmm. I frame it this way. When you're having a bad body image moment, how do you mm-hmm. not let that turn into a bad body image day or week and like, you know, take you out? Like, how do you shift in your mind? Hmm. You know what? I'm, I I don't mean to, (laughs) I don't know how to say this. I'm, it's not like I'm a hundred percent happy with my body, but I, I'm not like in love with my body either. Uh, or I'm not in love with my body, but I'm not like unhappy with it either. And I, like I don't flaunt it in any way or anything either. So it's, it's not something that I really think about so much. And I, I love food too. And I'm always like changing in size as well. So I, yeah, there's, there's no exercises that I practice to, to wean myself off of like feeling bad about my body or whatever. I just, it'll happen in a moment. Like where I'll look in a mirror and just be like, huh, I've gained a little weight. I'll just wear something different, you know, to... Yeah, you're just neutral to it. I'm just kind of neutral to it. I just kind of put it on the backboard. I don't know if that's, like, not solving my problems, you know? No, I think that that's actually, like, really healthy and probably, like, the most inspiring thing I've ever heard on this question. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. I just... I don't really think so much about it. I know that it's good to exercise, but if I'm, you know, a pant size bigger than what I used to be, I'm not going to work out extra to look thinner I, I I would do it to feel better you know have more mm-hmm. energy eat healthier to to feel more like energetic um but yeah no I it doesn't really stick for that long <laughs> like if when when I'm bummed out about um not fitting something it's it's not gonna ruin my day that's great has it always been the case for you did you ever I think so often I ask this question to people and they're like, oh, yeah, like this and that. And it's and for me, you know, I'm one of those people because it was such a thorn in my spine for such a long time. And yeah. I really had to, like, pull myself out of it. And, you know, since I've, like, been in recovery. But it's so funny how every once in a while I'll, I'll meet a woman or a person who more like you is so neutral to it and so confident in themselves in a way that's really inspiring and not to say that you don't you know have moments and you're human and and all of that but it's just I think it's really great to hear this perspective of like it's really just not that big of a deal and body diversity exists and we're all fine and um anyway it's just great to hear this perspective 
Nice. Yeah. Was it something you always had? Did you feel like when you were younger, when you were in high school, was it something you ever struggled with? Um, you know what? (laughs) It's funny because my Vietnamese name is U, which means obese or borderline obese. And it's because when I was a kid, I was just the biggest kid ever, you know? And, uh... So ever since I was a kid, I always thought that I was fat, but it never really bummed me out or anything. So he would just call me fat all the time. But, um, yeah, I was, I was never bummed out about it. And then when I was like five up until maybe 17, I was always underweight and that really, that kind of bums me out because I was always relatively athletic. So I wanted to be strong, you know, I wanted to be just more of a presence in a sense. And then, yeah, I mean, but besides that, like I, I, I'm not too worried about it anymore. And I think also getting older too, you're just, you realize that your body changes. Yeah. Yeah. And no one, I mean, I I know that I'm not like the Karen Knightley body type and I'm not the, the hourglass body type, you know, like uh, Scarlett Johansson body type, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So like, I'm not either of those. So you just kind of, you find ways to make things work for yourself. Yeah. And I mean, I think with the media is what we have to blame for a lot of our, you know, like you said, these body types that we see reflected in the media and we, when we don't see the full range of body diversity, yeah, reflected in the media, it's, it's easy to, you know, feel not good enough or feel, you know, something and. I, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there are days where I'm like, oh, you know, I, I just don't feel so good about it. Like, you know, the days that you're on your period, for instance. Yeah. But that, but that's just temporary, you know, you get over it. Yeah. It's not forever. I think just hearing that and knowing that is, is always comforting to me because I forget it so easily when I'm, when in, in it, it's hard for me to remember that sometimes. Yeah, and you can't, I don't know, I mean, I think it's easier said than done, but you can't hate yourself for, like, for gaining a little weight or, like, losing weight, for instance, you know? If you obsess over it, that's not, that's not going to change anything. Yeah, and attaching to it either way, I think, everything is fleeting, especially, and it's so out of our control, too, you know, like... I believe that our weight really isn't in our control. Like, you know, we age and we change and just our life circumstances change and what we, you know, how much we're able to move or what our schedule is or all of these things, you know, we can't really necessarily control that directly affect our bodies. And so just like you said, you know, like not being so attached to any of it, I think is healthy. Yeah, there's so many other things to, you know, worry yeah, about. Yeah, it's so boring. <laughs> That's just what I realized. Like, yeah. it's so boring to, like, in life, like, I could have used my brain capacity that I was using on controlling my stupid body weight. I could have, like, taken over the world. And that's what really opened my eyes to, like, this is such a stupid thing to think about when I could be making art or connecting with someone or helping the world in some way yeah yeah or writing or like so many other things that you could be doing yeah Yeah. watching tv who knows yeah it's just unproductive yeah 
Good. Okay. Well, since it's unproductive, we're going to stop talking about it right now. I have another question (laughs) to ask you. Um, Another thing I've been contemplating and curious about myself recently is our relationship with social media and our phones in general. I think it's just an interesting topic. So how do you handle your relationship with social media and, you know, being on your phone, especially as someone who, you know, works in media and is a a public person, how do you handle, you know, what is private and just for you and what you want to share and what you don't and just, you know, being on your phone versus being in the moment? That's something that I'm still working on because I know that I'm on my phone more than I should be. You know, like when you go out to dinner and you see a whole family on their phone, Yeah, it's like, what's the point of being at, out at dinner if you're not present, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so I'm still working on that. I will say I've gotten a lot better though, because I spend so much of my day, um, creating content and like doing things for other people and, you know, uh, just working behind a computer screen. So you get so sick of it over time. So when you forget about your phone, when you lose it for a little while, it's almost like a, a relief. So I will say it's, it's gotten a lot better. I think just remember, you know, like start small, maybe, um, turn off your phone or put your phone on airplane mode right before bed, for instance, so you're not, so you don't fall into like a 3 a.m. wormhole of Instagram, like hashtags, you know, Um, maybe start there and like give yourself a set time where you're like, okay, I'm going to go on the internet for, or play on my phone for 20 minutes and then turn it off and put it across the room, like just out of the way. That's a good place to start. Also, like when you're eating, I find that when you're eating, because I know you enjoy food. I've seen a lot of food on your Instagram. Yeah. Um, when you're eating, like if it's something beautiful, yeah, go ahead and take a photo of it. Um, but put your phone down, put it away, um, and then really enjoy it. And then for some reason, it makes the food just taste better when you, you're you not on your phone answering email or like looking on Instagram and stuff. You kind of just let yourself devour that moment in your food. Yeah, for sure. Um, then you enjoy it a lot more. I've been putting my phone on airplane mode a lot when I know that I, I don't need it, or when I know I don't have to be answering to anyone, I'll just put on airplane mode. I or yeah, or just turn it off completely. Yeah, I love that. I recently had it on airplane mode by accident in the morning and completely forgot until like one or two p.m. on a Saturday, and I was so I, I didn't even notice it. It felt so great, and then finally at like two when I turned to it, I realized it had been on airplane mode and I was so I was like actually excited to turn it on excited to go turn to the phone and it didn't feel mindless and I think yeah when I can what I'm trying to do now is just cut out the mindless scrolling and just be like I'm going to intentionally you know do this for a few minutes it's way more fun than you know oh I I've already scrolled to this point or like I just I don't know I feel like that's Sometimes I just turn to it in a moment where I don't want to be with myself or, like, in Mm -hmm. line. Like, I used to have the capability to, like, be in a line without looking at this device I always have, you know, and getting back to, like, Mm -hmm. I think being bored is actually really important. And anyway, I don't know. It's just something I've been thinking about a lot. And I love what you said about the food, too. And I think that's something I've been doing even with Instagram stories of, like, if I want to story something or if I'm doing something, I'll do it. And then just save it on my phone and upload them all later when I'm not around my friends and I'm by myself and, you know, 
put them together yeah. that way. That's been huge because then I'm not like, hold on a second, let me just uh, slap a filter on this and, you know, write a funny caption. You know, it's yeah, it can be something fun to do later, just like you would scrapbook, yeah. you know, something. Not oh, yeah, while totally. you're in it. You know, you do that after looking back. Yeah. Of course I say that, but, like, sometimes I... I still do those things, you know, I still go through and I don't know, like, uh, go through my phone when I'm eating and stuff. It's just, I, I find that you just enjoy it more when you're not doing those things. Yeah. When you're not constantly on your phone. Yeah. And I think it's like, and me too. I mean, of course, I think it's, it's all about the intention behind it too. Like I, I know when I'm doing it and it's, oh, I'm just doing this to tap out of the moment, you know, mm-hmm. I'm doing this cause I'm anxious or I'm doing this because I'm not wanting to think about something or I'm doing this to procrastinate. That's a big one for me. But, <laughs> yeah. But when I know that I'm like, Oh, this is just what I want to do right now. And I'm going to do this. Or at least if I'm aware of mm-hmm. the fact that I'm doing it to procrastinate and I'm, it's, it's at least a little bit better than if I'm just not even aware of what I'm doing. Yeah, totally. Okay, so this is, like, my favorite question that I ask on the podcast, I think, because it's kind of like what we were talking earlier about being nosy and getting a look into someone's house or medicine cabinet. So Mm -hmm. do you have any morning routines? What are the first few things you do when you wake up in the morning, and how does that affect how the rest of your day goes? The first few things that I do, I'll wake up, I'll turn to my phone, I'll answer all my emails that I can answer from bed. Um, And then it's, I think the hardest part is just getting out of bed in the first place. So I'll get out of bed, take a shower, you know, do the whole, um, like wash my face, put on my makeup, get dressed, all that, all of that. And then make breakfast. For me, breakfast is just like oatmeal um, fruit. And then I make tea. Yeah. That's just my, it's like a very simple morning routine. Yeah. And I do it every, I do it every single morning. It should get boring by now, but I don't really spice things up that much. I love that. Do you, two questions around that. Mm-hmm. Do you listen to anything, music or podcasts or anything while you're getting ready in the morning? Oh yeah. I actually put on music. I collect a lot of records so I'll put on a record and and listen to music. Or I'll put on Spotify, Discover Weekly. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Nothing so every, every week. Better. I know. I feel like it's if it's a person that I would marry that person because they just know me so well. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. It's really, really yeah. well done. Yeah, totally. And that's how I actually discover a lot of new music as well. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, just music in general for some reason if I don't have music on it just feels so weird yeah. it feels like you're in a vacuum or something yeah I'm the same way it, yeah I'm totally the same way do you oh the other thing I was going to ask what kind of tea what kind of tea um right now I'm drinking Marco Polo and it's from this French company called oh man it's Mariage mm. it's Mariage Free I can't really pronounce it I, I don't really know but it's sold it used to be sold at Mohawk General Store um a lot of um like when you go to a lot of like fashion God, what do you call it like buying trips I guess they serve that oh tea so that's why um 
uh, my friend Gail, she's a buyer. She she bought it for me on one of her trips in France. So that's when I got hooked. So I've been drinking that like crazy. I ordered it off um, eBay. Oh, cool. Oh, no, not, I'm sorry, not eBay. I order it online uh, off their site, and I always order a ton of it because the shipping is kind of expensive. So I'll order a ton of it, and I'll ask everyone um, if they want something, and then we'll just split the cost of shipping. Oh, And nice. they ship so quickly, too. They ship, like, I think in five days. Wow. What, but, yeah. Like, what, like, is it a green tea? Is it caffeinated green tea, black tea? What does it black taste like? Black tea. It's, it's black tea. It's black. Um, I mean, yeah, it's black tea. So it's, like, really dark. It's fruity. Mm. Um, yeah. It's cool. It's so good. I don't really know how to explain it. It's fruity but not sweet. Well, I'm gonna look it up. Maybe they have it somewhere in New York. I can. Yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah. There's this place called um, Dean and Deluca. Oh yeah, yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. So you can buy it there. Cool. Did you ever watch the show Felicity by any chance? No, the girl with the big hair. Yeah, yeah. She works at Dean and Deluca in the show, so I always. Oh no way! Yeah. That's funny. And I've been like pretending. I, I like feel like I'm. Felicity since I've moved here because it was a very like coming to age moving to New York story <laughs> no way okay I have to watch that show yeah I it's really good I love it it's like that perfect part of the 90s too I yeah, love 90s it's I think it is on it's definitely on Netflix because that's where I watched it, it yes yeah, so you can buy it there in New perfect. York but in California you, you just can't find it so and it's so cheap in New York too because it's I think it's well it's not so cheap but it's $25 well, I should start uh, sending it to you then, or when we do our holiday exchange, I'll have it waiting for you. And <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, um, but yeah, if, if you buy it in bulk though, directly from the site, it's pretty reasonable. If you were to just buy it for yourself, then I would definitely just go to Dina and Yeah, Dorica. for sure. Cool. You're so well, lucky. At least try it out there. Yeah, you gotta yeah. come back and visit. I'm actually gonna be there at the end of next month. Oh, cool. Well, we'll yeah. have to get co- get tea or something. Yeah, That's I drink cool. coffee too. Yeah, coffee, tea. We'll do something, a meal. Yeah. Okay. The other question I always ask on the other end of the day: What are your evening rituals? So, like the last few things you do before going to bed, and how you like relax and turn off work at the end of the day. At the end of the day, I normally oh man, this is bad, but I I watch like a show on HBO or something. So I've been watching Sex and the City. Oh my God, me re- too. That's what yeah. I'm going through right now. Since I moved here, it felt very relevant. Yeah, totally, right? And Yeah, it's, where are it's you so right funny. now? What season? I'm on season, well, season one still. Me too. And it's episode number eight, I think, or eight or nine. I just, um, the last one I watched was, he was talking to Big's um, wife. She like realized that Big was married. I'm on the one after oh, that. Oh, shoot. So I feel like yeah. it's like episode eight or something. We're like probably are on the same one. That's so funny. Wow. Yeah, I just started it again. I mean, I watched it when I was like much younger. Yeah, same. Um, I think I watched it like on TBS or something like the edited versions when I was in high school. And so I've never like watched it all the way through or I haven't in years. Yeah. And now I can actually like it's so interesting watching it as an adult opposed to watching it as a child, basically. Yeah, totally. I can relate to it so much more. And it seems, it's so mild. Like, the things that were risky then, I think, are so nothing compared to 
television nowadays, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh my god, yeah, totally. It's so funny because I remember when I first watched it, I was I was like, oh my god, this is so risque and like so scandalous and scary and yeah. And now it's I, I mean every other show I've watched, it's it's just nothing in comparison. I know, I know. It's so funny. Anyway, yeah, I interrupted so, you. So you watch a show. I just got excited. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch like a couple episodes of a show and kind of wind down, down from there. And I mean, it changes night after night. I always wash my face now, now that I'm getting older. I always make sure I wash my face and thoroughly um, moisturize and, you know, do the whole skincare routine thing. And then, yeah, I'll wind down and go to bed. Uh, I'll probably, like, before, like, while I'm in bed, I'll probably play on my phone for like, 20 minutes or so and then I'll throw it across the bed and then go to bed yeah because if I'm on my phone then I'll just stay up yeah same it's a wormhole oh yeah oh cool okay this is great now I have my quick fire question so just kind of say the first thing that comes to mind cool yeah Mm -hmm. all right some I'll warn you they start off being easier and get harder so just keep that in mind Okay. Favorite color? That's a hard question. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, man. Those, you're like, damn it, those, yeah. Um, I would say, oh, okay. Um, it's like a caramel color. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Like a chartreuse or more of like a brownish? Like a brownish, yellowish. Mm. Almost like a mustard yellow, yeah, but that's like my more favorite brown. Color. Yeah. I'm, oh, nice. I'm staring at this, like, Madewell chartreuse-ish scarf that seems to be that color right now. That's, oh, like, my favorite. Um, yeah. I love that color, too. Okay, <laughs> favorite day of the week? Uh, Mondays. Oh, interesting choice. Yeah. Because now that I freelance, it's not so bad. Yeah. I can yeah. do whatever I want. I can get all my errands done. And it's everything's like open. A new, yeah, it's kind of like a new year, you know? Like, it's very fresh. Yeah. So I love Mondays. Favorite hour of the day? I'd say like 11 in the morning, so it's not too early. It's not too late. It's not too hot yet. Yeah, Goldilocks yeah. hour. Oh, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> perfect. It's the perfect temperature. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm going to start calling it now. Um, <laughs> okay, what's one thing you wish more people knew? Maybe just um, common courtesy. Yeah. I, yeah. I wish, I don't know, I kind of noticed that a lot of people, especially in L.A., they just don't really have common courtesy. Like, they'll just stand in people's way. They don't kind of out for themselves in a sense. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Okay, what's the best thing you've eaten in the last week? Oh, my gosh. I just went to this place called Kitchen Mouse this morning. And they had a buffalo bowl, but it's it's vegetarian. Actually, it's vegan. And I just love buffalo sauce. Yeah. So it's that on top of yams. Oh, my God. That sounds so, so good. good. Yeah, so it's that. I actually have leftovers in my fridge. So. Oh, lucky. I want that. That sounds delicious. Yeah. And it's clean. You don't feel... Yeah. You don't, you don't feel lethargic after eating it either. Yeah. So it's nice. What's the best and worst advice you've ever received? <laughs> You know, it's so funny. So when my mom, sometimes she gives like the best advice, you know, mm-hmm. and I can take this either way. But she said, because when after the, the breakup, that was a huge turning point in my life. She said, you know what, what, what is yours will always come back. So that's that's the best advice, because, you know, if it's truly yours then it'll come back, you know, so 
if it's meant to be, then it'll happen again or whatever. Yeah. But that's also bad advice because then you kind of hold out and you kind of wait. And I don't know. I don't know if that's also if because if it doesn't happen, then you're still waiting, you know? Yeah, it's kind of tricky. Yeah. So you really have to be the best judge for that. And I don't think that I am. So that's the best and the worst recently that I can think of. Yeah. Okay, speaking of family, what's your greatest lesson about family? Spend more time with your family and and the people that you look up to. Like, you know, your parents and your grandparents, they're human beings, you know. So they're, they're not going to make the right choices all the time. They do have life experience, so that's good. But it's, you know, you ha- kind of have to pick and choose what you what you listen to and what you um, do, but they're, they're human beings. So they make mistakes as well. Mm, Yeah. But just spend a lot of time with your family. Greatest lesson on creativity comes and goes. And you kind of have to not work to find inspiration all the time. Sometimes there's, you know, you go through, through dry spells or you just, you know, you just don't come up with any content. So you just kind of have to, well, for me, I just kind of have to um, let it happen and then inspiration will come. Mm, Yeah, I love that. What about your greatest lesson on relationships? Be be a friend, you know? Yeah, just relate to that other person. Mm. Just be their friend. That's the most, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Mm. Okay, greatest lesson on spirituality slash God, existential things. Like, what do you think happens when we die? All of that. Oh, I really don't know. I My dad's a hardcore Catholic. Did you so, grow up Catholic? Oh, yeah, very Catholic. But it's, you know, as I've gotten older, and it, it really sucks because that's something that we talk about sometimes and he just doesn't understand. But for me, I can't choose to believe, you know, it's, yeah. you believe or you don't. So I can't really choose a faith. So you just kind of have to, but for me, it's just do your best and you know, just treat people well. But I think that's the backbone of um, being Catholic or just any religion in general, just treat people well, be honest, just morals, you know? I grew up Catholic as well. I went to like Catholic school and everything. And mm-hmm. I think I've heard that people who grow up Catholic are most likely to be atheists as adults, but I think the through line of all religions and kind of all spiritual thought is just really what you said there of, you know, just treat each other nicely. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what the world needs the most right now is not like the decisiveness. I think it's that exact sentiment. Yeah. Just be respectful of each other and yeah common courtesy as well yeah yeah yeah, exactly yeah but like when it comes to organized religion I just I I don't know I I feel bad that I just I just don't believe in anything but I just I don't think it's a choice I think you either believe or you don't yeah and I don't think it's something to feel bad about I think I can understand you know how it can be complicated with your family but no matter what people believe is fine and if more people believed that I think the world would be a better place you know yeah 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 
Okay, how do you prevent slash handle stress in your life? I don't, actually. I uh, So I have a friend who told me to take cordyceps and... Wait, what is it? Yeah, I think that's it. It's... It's in like a pill form yeah. just for it to handle stress. And she said that um, when you, especially when you live in a city, you're always like in a survival mode. Like, um, yeah, fight or flight. Yeah, that's why you need to take vitamins and stuff. But for me, I just, I don't think that I really stress out that much about anything. And when it's something like really stressed, it doesn't, like when I'm stressed out, it doesn't really solve itself. Like if, or I, I won't be able to solve it if I'm stressed out. So I'll just like give it time and things generally work out. I feel like you are such a chill, easygoing person. That itself is helpful and inspiring. <laughs> Thanks. I think it's also because I uh, low thyroid. So, so it's, it's hard to get like worked up about things, you know? Yeah. 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 I've never connected. I've, I have that too, but I've never actually connected. Yeah, I do. But that you feel more tired, like from time to time. Yeah, I feel more tired, but I think I still get stressed. Like, I think I oh. still have, I, I let things, I get, well, I don't know if it's stress. I get overwhelmed quite a bit of just like, oh, I have so much. I wish I had more white space. But I mm. think I just overfill my time, which is like a whole other issue. But Oh, that's New York for you. you yeah. You have to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I don't know, sometimes mm. is good, sometimes isn't. But, okay, mm. what is something that you wish someone would ask you that you don't get to talk about a lot that you wish you could? Food. Oh my gosh. So I I love, I love cooking and I love it when friends or just anyone posts like videos and photos or talk about what they're eating or talk about what they're making. I, I mean, I love food. I eat it three times a day, you know, just like, just like anyone. But I always ask my friends whenever they make stuff, I want to be inspired by it. So I wish they would talk about it more. Cool. And I don't get asked asked about it often. Or I, I guess I just don't see it that often either. You should do a video enough. about some of like your favorite things to cook or something. Yeah, I've I've done short videos in the past. I just haven't. I don't know. I haven't recently because I I'm trying to not eat as much meat, dairy, and eggs. It's been a few weeks now, so it's a whole different set of creative skills, you know, to be able to cook that way. So I wish, yeah, I wish more people would talk about that or what they eat and if they're vegan, you know, what they eat and how they prepare their food, what ingredients they buy. I feel like that's like all that's in my Instagram feed. I'm actually feeling the opposite. Like I want to hear less about people's vegan food because for some reason, like I feel like, that's just what's surrounding me. So we should do our holiday exchange with our Instagram. Like, yeah. you might like as well because I feel like we have complimentary things. Because I'm like, I just want to hear about, like, anything other than that. So that's so yeah. funny. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is, a, this is a fun one, too. So you are having a dinner party. And mm-hmm. you can invite five people. What would you cook or eat, who do you invite, and what do you hope someone turns and talks to you about at the party, and what do you hope no one brings up that you just don't feel like talking about? Five people to dinner. What would I cook? I'm going to start with what I cook. Okay. I'm not really good at cooking a lot of things. So I would say I'd make like a, like a kale salad, maybe a, a light soup, 
Nice. Something pasta, something with pasta in it. Just like easy 30-minute meals, you know? Yeah. Little things that don't take a lot of braising or um, require a lot of ingredients. Um, Five people that I would invite. My friend Caitlin, who lives in Nashville, because I don't get to see her that often. My friend Kylie, who lives in Seattle. My friend Addie, who lives in Seattle. Gillian, who's in New York right now. I mean, it would be so rad to get everyone in the same room. Gosh, who else? I can't think of the last person. I mean, oh, I'm happy to friend. come meet your friends. Okay, you've, yeah, yeah, my, okay, you've yeah, you can come too. <laughs> um, I'm my inviting friend Lauren, myself. I guess. Cool. Yeah, they're all friends from different times in my life and different um, areas in my life. So I feel like they just. They're all so different, and I don't know if they would get along, but they're all so close oh, to so me. Oh, so they don't know each other? No. I mean, Adi and um, Kylie know each other because they live in Seattle, but they met after they, after I introduced Through them. You. Wow, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are all people from different aspects of my life, and they all mean a lot to me. So it would be funny, in a way, to see them all together in the same room. Yeah. And they're all women, too, which is funny. Yeah. They're all really strong independent women I love how you answered that question because people always say you know celebrities or you know people that they don't know that they've looked up to but I love that you kept it as friends and people that you love and merging them together I think that's really cool I thought about it for a second I'm like would I invite celebrities but I don't really you know there's no one that I really want to know that well when it comes to celebrity maybe Keanu Reeves I heard he's a really cool guy. Oh. Yeah, no, not really. I mean, I don't really care to know a stranger or learn more about a stranger right now. Okay, so what do you hope that conversation is at that party, and what do you hope isn't at part of the conversation? Conversation at the party. I mean, oh, what I hope isn't a conversation, just, you know, gossip in general. Like anything negative about anyone else but you know what when you get a room full of strangers together it's not like they can gossip about anything right right right. that's Um, kind of the beauty of people who don't that's what I'm finding with friendships that I have now like when we don't have common people in in common you know there's just not the opportunity for that kind of a connection which is actually pretty great yeah, totally. So that's something we. I hope we don't talk about. Something that I do hope we talk about is what what we want in five years, or what mm. where we, where do we see ourselves going in five years? Okay, I'll ask you now. What what do you think for yourself? Where do you want to be in five years? Um, you know, I just asked someone that yesterday too, and I. It's, it's funny because like when I when I look at my life, I just don't really know what I'm going to do in five years because what I'm doing right now, I don't know if it would translate to something that I can do in five years. And five years ago, I wasn't doing this. I was working in film, you know, or no, five years ago, I wasn't working in film. I was working in e-com, e-commerce. So what I said to that was, I I think in five years, I would like to do something creative, like be a creative director somewhere. Very cool. I guess that's about it. Yeah, that's really cool. All right, this is a way for you to really just recommend things in different categories, but pretend you're trapped on a deserted island and you can only bring with you one book, one movie, 
one TV show, and one food, what would you bring? Okay. So Haruki Murakami, just anything from him. I started reading his entire catalog, so I guess I would bring a new book that I haven't read from him. There, Yeah, there, there's quite a few books on that list. So just any new book from him. Um, a movie that I would bring is... Man, I don't have a favorite movie right now. Oh, This Is England is a really good movie, especially with what just happened, or the the white supremacist. Um, I think that would be, I mean, I guess that's just why it's on my brain right now, but I would bring that movie. Yeah, so book, movie, TV show. I would bring Freaks and Geeks. That's my favorite television oh, show. so good. Yeah, it's like something that I can watch over and over again. I know, again. it's so cozy, right? Yeah, and I like that the storyline, it doesn't always relate to the next story so it's not like you have to watch from beginning to end to get the whole point across yeah they're all kind of little vignettes mm-hmm. food that you wouldn't get sick of i would say ramen oh my god i love ramen yeah so it'd have to be like a vegan ramen but yeah ramen or bibimbap, like korean food that's something i would never get sick of okay before i ask you the last question i want to go back to movie because you studied film what are toss out a couple other movies that you love or that you can watch again and again or that you just think everyone should see that you can recommend? Hmm. Favorite movies. Gosh, that's so tough. I just like. I know it's hard to be you know, when on I, the spot. But. Oh no, no, no! It's just like when I was in school, I used to love film, and I feel like just over time, I kind of lost that a little bit. So. Like, I gave away all my DVDs. I kind of lost, like, a passion for it. So I haven't really watched that much television since. But, like, 400 Blows is a really good film. It's Truffaut. Gosh, I really don't know. That's that's so tough. Well, if you think mm-hmm. of them, tell me. We can put them in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I really can't think of anything right now, though. I used to think The Fight Club was, like, the best movie ever. And then... I, I guess it's been like 20 years or something. When mm-hmm. I watched it again, I realized it's actually it's actually not that great. Isn't that so funny yeah. when you like rewatch things that you loved so much when you were younger and then see them so differently? Oh yeah. Do you have a favorite director? I don't have a favorite director, but I do. I, I love French New Wave. So French New Wave films. So anything, even like. New movies, so so uh, Francis Ha, for instance. Oh, I love that it's, one. Yeah, so it's it's very French New Wave, even though it's relatively recent, right? Yeah. I think a current director would be like Sofia Coppola, kind of artsy fartsy yeah. a little bit. Have you seen her or, newest movie yet? Which one is that one? The Beguiled. Oh no, I haven't seen that because it looks so spooky. I can't get. I. I'm mostly alone, so I I just can't get too thrilled. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. I'm like, I want to see it really bad because I love her style, but I don't know. It just looks too thrilling to me. Yeah. I've just been, like, instead watching interviews about it and watching, like, things about how it was shot and, like, instead of actually watching the movie because I'm a little bit afraid. Scared. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Sofia Coppola, I really like, uh... That's curtain day. Mike Mills is really good too. A lot of his movies are about women, like strong what's women. He, what's he done? Has did he do Twentieth Century Women? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, that one's really good. Really I good. Watch that one. Yeah, I guess that kind of style. 
All right. Well, I feel like I like rang you dry with everything I wanted to know and asked everything I was curious about, but as you know, the name of this podcast is let it out. So when I offer that term to you to let it out, what does that mean to you? And is there anything else that you wanted to share? Uh, no, I mean, that, that basically covered everything. That's almost like therapy. Just let out everything. Good. Well, that's, I heard once someone said a good interview should feel like therapy for the guest or the interviewee. So. Oh, whoa. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, it, it really <laughs> felt like therapy. That was amazing. Good. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Where can everyone find you? Where do you want to, I'll have everything in the show notes of your channel and everything like that. But anything else you want to share or send people to? Cool. Oh, uh, so actually, I just discovered Vice News on mm. uh, on Hulu. So oh, if you have Hulu, watch that. It's like a quick way to get your news every day. Oh, cool. I love that kind of thing. I've been really yeah. liking the... I obviously love podcasts, and the New York Times has a really good one called The Daily. And it's mm-hmm. nice because it's just 20 minutes, and it's really thought out and really well produced, but it's only like um, two stories but they're really well done audio stories. And then they kind of tell you at the end, like, here's what else you need to know today. And it's, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Today's was really good, really sad, but really good. Wait, so it's just on the site. Yeah. It's just, you can get on your phone. Like on the, do you listen to a lot of podcasts? I don't No, Not often. Okay. Well, if you like, however you get podcasts on your phone, you can just, it's called the daily by the New York times and you can just listen on your phone and just like subscribe and they come every day, Monday through Friday. And they're like 20 minutes and the host is really, really good. And yeah, I think you'd be into it. Okay. So yeah, you can subscribe to for free. Yeah. Yeah. It's all free. To the daily. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. I'll do that today. I will. So the one today was really good? Yeah, it was really, I mean, it was really sad, but really, really well done and really good. And it's, I listen every day. It's kind of like part of my routine. I should start doing that in the morning yeah. so I don't get so distracted. Yeah, it's good. It, it's it makes so me just feel like I kind of know what's going on in the world and can be, and kind of participate in the like collective water cooler talk of the day, you know? And I don't yeah. know. I, without too much effort on my end of like having to research and read a bunch of things. It's just like a good way to get it in me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm going to leave that as my, my homepage. So it always automatically opens up to that. Yeah. Or you can just get on your phone too. So if you were like walking or driving or something and I'm a big podcast True. person though, but. Oh, sweet. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. It was so great meeting you and I'm happy to be connected now. And thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is really cool. All right, we'll keep in touch, and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I'll see you in New York, too. Yeah, yeah. All right, that was my episode with Christine. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful that she came on the podcast. I just really like her. She's so chill, and I just want to be her friend. I think she's really cool. All right, hopefully we do that holiday thing we talked about. Anyway. All right, before I tell you the emoji for this week's episode, one more thank you to Quarter Lane. Honestly, they're the coolest. They're the quarterly book subscription service that brings you the most celebrated books of the season right to your doorstep in luxury. And it's great. I love it so much. My friend Elizabeth is the founder, and there are three different types of subscriptions depending on how often you want your books delivered which is great. We love personalization in this family. 
And if you want to try Coeur speaking of this family, this family that listens to this podcast gets 25% off your first subscription by using Let It Out 25 for 25% off your first subscription. As a member of the Quarter Lane community, you will receive early access to the most anticipated books of the season, exclusive benefits, and special literary perks. And remember, you get that really beautiful print of a contemporary artist that Elizabeth chooses every single month, which combines her passions for literature and visual art. So you guys, if you're a reader, this is so perfect for you. You'll love it. And if you're maybe not a reader or you develop the way that you read in a different way, maybe use Audible or something else, this might be really perfect as a gift for someone in your life who is a reader. The holidays are coming up, believe it or not. Think about this as a gift. So again, you get 25% off a collection or your first subscription. And subscriptions are so great to give as gifts because it's really the gift that keeps on giving. Or you can just gift a collection to someone. They really come in luxury. I mean, she thinks of every single detail, the bow, the process, the print that's in there. I I love this so much and I just really hope you guys check it out and support it. It's quarterlanebooks.com and use the code LETITOUT25 for your discount. Speaking of personalization and our other sponsor this week, Cara Vitamins. Talk about a cool company. Cara is great. You can't get everything you could possibly need nutritionally just from your food oftentimes. And so taking supplements can be really useful. And Carev does it in a really interesting, innovative way. By going to their website, you take their quiz, they learn about your nutrition and your sleep and your energy levels and your hormones. And from there, they curate for you a personalized package of supplements just for you. They say your name, the packaging is great, it comes every single month. It helps you not forget to take your supplements because if you're like me, I forget all the time. Anyway, check them out if you want 50% off of your first order. That's 50%. That's half of all of the percents off. Use the code Katie at checkout. That's takecareof.com, and that's good for 50% off your first order. Thank you so much, Kerov. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Christine. And without further ado, the emoji for this week's episode is the peace sign. That's the hand with two fingers up. I felt really chill and peaceful listening to this episode and editing it, and I hope that's the way you feel this week and every week listening to the podcast. So tweet at me, tweet at Christine, comment on our Instagrams that you're still listening to me rambling right now all the way at the end after all the sponsors. Okay, that's all I have to say. That was a mouthful. I love you, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Hopefully, I'll talk to you before that on the internet. Bye. Bye.